0: From the Ohio News Network, this is Ohio Sports Magazine. Now here's your host, Matt Andrews.
1: Greetings and welcome to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine here on the Ohio News Network. We're preparing for a Buckeye Bowl game and who better to talk about Ohio State football than our co-host of On the Money here on the Ohio News Network. And with Buck Nuts, a beat writer that's been with Ohio State football for how long, Dave Biddle?
2: Since 2002, that was my first year on the beat. Good year to join the year. beat. Yeah, so it's been a while, man. It's my 22nd year on the beat, and uh, it doesn't feel, I mean, the years have flown by. I am fortunate I've been able to cover Ohio State during uh, what I consider the golden age of Ohio State football. So, uh, yeah, man, been on the beat for about 22 years now.
1: Let's just chat about, and full disclosure, we record this during the week Leading up to the week before the bowl game, the Cotton Bowl game. Because if we did this show next week, it'd be over with. So let's preview the bowl game this week. But Dave, we don't know. Let's start there. What's the biggest question of your mind going into this week before preparation.
2: Yeah, I'm just curious to see how Devin Brown's going to respond as the starting quarterback. It makes it a lot more interesting, in my opinion. Um, is this going to be a one-and-done situation when we look back on it with Devin Brown as the starting quarterback at Ohio State? Is this going to be the beginning of the Devin Brown era? Is it going to be somewhere in between where maybe he starts next year but then you know gets beat out or whatever might happen? I have a good feeling about Devin Brown. I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, but I think he's going to play well in this game, and I think he's going to open the season as the starting and quarterback next year. So that's certainly number one on my list, Matt. And then I would say um, the guys that are opting in or opting out, and we're getting a lot of good news of guys that, you know, said they're opting in. We'll see. I, I imagine Marvin will opt out. Maybe JT. Uh, we'll see about Trey. But overall, A lot of Ohio State guys that I thought might opt out have opted in. Guys like Denzel Burke, Emeka Buka, and a few others. Tyleek Williams. So that really helps. I also like that Ohio State's an underdog in this game. They tend to play better when they're an underdog. I realize they were an underdog against Michigan. That didn't work out well for them, but you know, historically, recently, however you want to look at it, Ohio State's dangerous as an underdog.
1: They started as a
2: favorite, right? With with
1: on the money, you should know this stuff. Yes. Is that right? That's and correct. so now they're a couple of point underdog as
2: we record this. That's correct. Yeah. Two and a half point underdog as we record this, and you're right. They opened as a slight favorite. And I think Kyle McCord leaving um helped change that line. And I don't know, I mean if you're an Ohio State fan, maybe you think uh they, they might get a lift with Devin Brown at quarterback. I don't know. Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. I know for sure this was, and just Ryan Day has said this, this was a neck-and-neck neck battle in camp between McCord and Brown. And that's why Coach Day didn't even really name a full-time starter till entering the third week. So I'm really curious how Devin Brown's going to respond. I think he's going to do well.
1: Dave, we look back on the year, and you talk about the camp and the quarterback competition. And McCord has a perfect year to the point of Michigan. And Devin Brown's right in the hunt, as you've mentioned, and until the injury did appear some. So you scratch your head now as a Buckeye fan. One game changes the quarterback competition. McCord reportedly is headed for uh, Pastures in Syracuse, still in sort of his home state. So Brown appears to be saying the right thing after the transfer, clearly wants to take the reins. Where do you think ryan day is mentally on where his quarterback situation stands
2: well i think he regrets how he handled it i'm sure now i don't think he's going to admit that i think looking back on it now he wish, especially knowing how close the competition was and how things ended up working out with kyle um i think he wishes he would have just picked devin and he know i mean he said it was back and forth one week he would think devin was ahead then he would think kyle was ahead and you know Devin was a year younger so I, I remember thinking if it's that close maybe go with the guy who you know has the higher ceiling as is, is a year younger that's not what he did um i am sure coach day regrets it but um you know um he's got a chance to right the ship though if they're able to win this game against missouri yeah that they're they're not going to achieve their goals that they set out to big 10 championship beat michigan win the national championship but if they can win this this is going to give them momentum going into next year and they might know they have their quarterback if he plays well <laughs> that's enough
1: that's the next question do you think next year's starting quarterback game one is on the roster? Or do you think the
2: portal is still an option? Is it an incoming freshman? Or are we going to find out in two weeks? I really think we'll know a lot after this Cotton yeah. Bowl. Yeah. I really do, especially if he plays well or if he doesn't play well. If it's somewhere in between, then we won't know. Um, but I think we will know because I have a feeling, and this is a, a good Missouri team, 10-2 and two from the SEC. I mean, you don't really need to say more, but they have a good quarterback and they have a good defense. So if he's able to play well against a good, really good Missouri defense, that'll say a lot to me. So yeah, I'm, I'm putting my money on we will see Devin Brown start the opener for Ohio State next year. I like Aaron Noland a lot. He is enrolling early. Still, I think it's, you know, I I have a tough time imagining he's going to start as a true freshman. Um, I like Lincoln Keenholz. Hopefully we'll see him in the Cotton Bowl, at least some. I, I really like Lincoln. He'll be a redshirt freshman next year. Devin, of course, will be a third-year sophomore. I, they'll bring in somebody from the portal because Coach Day always wants four scholarship quarterbacks. Maddie, I've changed my tune on this. Initially, I thought they would bring in someone who would be the starter. You know, bring in somebody who, you know, kind of like what Notre Dame did with with Riley Leonard. I'm backing off of that now. I think, like I said, I think Devin Brown's going to be the starter, and I think they'll bring in somebody for depth purposes. Maybe like another Tristan Jebbia.
1: Friday, December 29th, the Cotton Bowl versus Missouri. They're ranked ninth. The Buckeyes are ranked seventh. Dave, let me ask you, is bowl week departure for Ohio State? I mean, that's the thing. You've got to... Uh, a game before the first, so you're spending Christmas. Not necessarily you, but the Buckeyes will spend Christmas down there. Does that play into preparation? Do you? I mean, there's going to be more preparation down there, but. How do, you, how do you put this all together? Because normally Ohio State leaves right after the holidays.
2: Yeah, it's not ideal. You know, you'd like at least for them to, you know, at, at worst leave on Christmas Day after they're able to at least have Christmas morning. But um, it's not reality. They're going to be leaving, I believe, on the 23rd. Yes. Um, they fly out. So, uh, yeah, you're right. They like usually leaving on the 26th if possible. Um, obviously, you can't do that when the game's on the 29th. I don't know. I'm sure what they're doing is all the guys are going to – be pretending like whatever it might be the 21st or the 22nd is their christmas with their families this year um and uh, it's not it's not ideal but um you know they'll manage it i don't think it's going to have an effect both teams are in the same boat with that so uh it's not ideal you'd like to spend you know christmas with your family but these guys are like a family so it's the next 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 best thing i guess
1: more of our cotton Bowl preview with dave biddle when we continue here on the ohio news network
0: The event we've all been waiting
1: for. Chattahoochee College takes on
0: Beaver College in the Rooney Bowl. Live from Common Man's Basement. Sponsored by Flacco, my Cracko. Happy holidays from your dumb friends at the fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network.
1: Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Dave Biddle of On the Money joins us. He's also the Buckeye beat writer for Bucknuts, covering Ohio State, everything football. Uh, Dave, let's ask you, a media member, about the perspectives based on whether you're a player or a fan of Ohio State football right now. Are they going into this bowl game? And I know what we've heard from Jack Sawyer. Are they going into this bowl game wanting this win as badly as their fan base seemingly?
2: Yes, and I wouldn't have said that until um, we recently had, it was the first time we've interviewed the players since uh, the Michigan game. We had uh, 11 players came out um, about a week and a half ago, and um, I could see the fire in their eyes. And it reminded me a lot, Maddie, of the last time we went down um, to the Cotton Bowl it was six years ago, and USC. they were getting a lot of the same questions. And I never forget our guy Sam Hubbard was asked, and I was standing right there. I didn't ask the question, but he didn't cuss like Jack Sawyer did. But he he gave a very similar response when a reporter asked him. This is when we were in Dallas; they had a media day, or at least maybe it was defensive media day. And Sam was like offended, almost like. You know, this is my going to be my last game. Like, if I, and this is USC in a major bowl game. Yeah, of course, would rather be in the playoffs. But you don't think I'm motivated? I mean, they were taking it personally, and I wasn't sure if this year's team would have that same attitude. But man, not just with their words, like from Jack Sawyer, but just looking in their eyes, the way they were like, "We want this." And Ameka Buka talking about, you know, this is it, we want to make sure we, we end on a good note. And. I feel like they're highly motivated, Maddie, And I think the fact that people are wondering if they're motivated, that helps them get even more motivated. The fact that they see they're an underdog, I think that helps them get motivated. So we'll see. It's easy, easy for me to say this, but it reminds me, yeah, a lot of six years ago against USC and what happened in that game. Ohio State went out and took yeah. it to them. Now, I think this Missouri team's better than that USC team. They're also a better coach team. Clay Helton was not a good coach at all. Drinkowitz is a good coach. Okay, so it's not the same thing. So I don't think Ohio State's going to blow out or really take it to them like they did with USC. But I do think Ohio State's going to win a close game, and I do think they're motivated, Matt.
1: You mentioned the underclassman Jack Sawyer. Still has a year left. That seems to me to be a kind of guy that will play in this bowl game, obviously. His future is still, quote, uncertain. But he coming back next year could be a Mike Doss kind of moment for this program into a following year. Am
2: I I stretching there? A little bit, because Doss was a two-time All-American who came back for his senior year. But Great I see point. what you're saying, Great though. Point. It would be big. It would be big. And, and I think it's likely, um, because I don't think he's going to get the draft rate he necessarily wants. He would be, obviously, drafted probably on the second day. I imagine he'd be a second or third-round pick. But NIL... Changes things. It's another reason I think Trey Henderson might come back. I'm getting a lot of talk that, you know, Trey got back, that he was going to be a fourth round pick if he left. He could make more money staying at Ohio State with what he gets from NIL. He's running a business. Um, and Jack Sawyer's got some really nice NIL deals here in Columbus. So I think if I had to bet Jack Sawyer's going to come back and, um, that would be big. Now I think Kenyatta Jackson and Caden Curry, um, I really like them as well. Uh, I do think JT is going to move on and go pro. A lot of people haven't projected as a first round Do you pick. think
1: he plays in this game?
2: I don't. I think Marvin, this again, this isn't for sure. I'll be shocked if Marvin plays. As we all know, he's going right. to be the first. He's projected to be the first non-quarterback off the board. Nothing left to prove. He won the Bulitnikov, won the silver football. Two-time, only the fifth player in Ohio State history. It'd be a two-time unanimous All-American. Really cool stuff. So I don't think Marvin's going to play. I know I'm not breaking news there. I don't think JT's going to play. Um, that's just my guess. It's interesting, when they brought out guys for interviews, they didn't bring out Marvin, they didn't bring out JT, and they brought out a bunch of other guys who, who all, said were they were, all, all said they were going to play. <laughs> so Trey, and Trey didn't, they didn't bring out Trey either. Trey's, I'm not sure about that, but I'm hearing a lot of smoke that Trey's coming back next year. I can't imagine if he's coming back next year, he wouldn't play in the bowl game. And they're down to Trey and Dallin, Dallin Hayden is the only two scholarship running backs now, and I think also, Maddie, I've heard Trey told those guys that he was coming back. That's why you saw Chip Traynham transfer. That's why you saw an Evan Pryor transfer.
1: NIL is how has it changed your job as a reporter, as somebody that covers and writes about it? I mean, we know the schedules are crazy, but
2: it's. I guess we just have to embrace it, right, Dave? Yeah, I think Ryan Day has the right attitude. You, you don't. You don't have to like it. Um, but you have to embrace it, you know, and not necessarily if you're not a head coach or if you're a reporter. You don't, I guess, you don't have to embrace it. But I, I, <laughs> I agree with Coach Day what he's saying there. If I'm if I'm just totally against it and I'm not going to like, you know, I'm going to be completely negative about it. That's that's not healthy. I mean, you have to accept it, and I mean, it's a reality. It's and it's part of. It's exciting. It's kind of cool sometimes, and part of it's frustrating because you'll know from sources or from exactly what the kid says, or even if a kid commits. You know, And all of a sudden, you think he's going to be a Buckeye, and you've done stories on this kid, you've made relationships, and all of a sudden, the rug gets pulled because of NIL, most likely, and he's going elsewhere. So there's obviously downsides about it, but it's also cool seeing kids like, you know, seeing these guys like on car commercials and stuff like that, and these guys driving around nice cars and finally getting a little piece of the pie. So NIL, um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of it, but, um, you know, it is what it is. It's real, and uh, I've accepted it, and it's, it can be exciting and fun sometimes can fans in Ohio and
1: near Columbus be more receptive to the collectives because it seems to be an area where Ohio State's a tad behind right now
2: yeah and I I wouldn't put that on the fans as much as I would um, the you know and I think Gene Smith does a great job but I've heard from impeccable sources he's not a huge fan of Nil and he's kind of in a bad spot and the people that work for him because when they're trying to get money from boosters, they're trying to get money for facilities, you know, and the boosters are now being pulled in different directions. Like the, the collectives are like, give us money. And I've heard Gene's not, and it's not his job to, but I've heard Gene's not really telling the boosters, hey, make sure you're giving our, our collectives some love too. He's not really doing that. Um, whereas I feels like at other programs, everybody's kind of pulling the same direction. At Ohio State, that's not the feeling I'm getting. Even the collectives themselves don't get along from what I've been told. Even the collectives themselves have been butting heads. And then you don't really have you know, the administration at Ohio State behind it. Or if you look at like an Alabama, um, everybody pulls in the same direction at Alabama when it comes to football. You just don't get that feeling at Ohio State. But I want to be clear, NIL is not a mess at Ohio State. These kids are getting taken care of, and they're able to show when, when guys are on visits, whether it's guy from the portal or if it's a recruit, Maddie, that they're able to just show – okay, Trayvon Henderson's able to pull a guy aside and say, this is how much I make. This is, you know, I have this business I was able to start because of this. Jack Sawyer is it going to be able to pull somebody aside and say, this is how much I make through NIL. So it's going okay. It just can be markedly better, in my opinion. A little more with Dave
1: Biddle when we continue here on the Ohio
2: Sports Network.
1: Hey, folks, it's game day, and the betting's going to be intense,
0: Drew. You said it, Dave, but a good pregame routine keeps betting responsible. That's right. you got to pause before you play. Good call. Sports betting is hot, but it can be risky. And pausing to set limits is an all-star move. That's right, Dave. If you bet on sports, pause before you play to set limits, recognize the risk, and know when to stop.
3: Learn more at pausebeforeyouplay.org.
4: I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile.
3: For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental
5: Association. Getting a live Christmas tree to plant after the holidays? Well, here are some tips. In the house, keep it away from heat sources that could wake it up out of dormancy. You don't want that. Dig your hole now before the ground freezes. Or if you plan to wait till spring, you need to protect roots from extreme cold with mulch or straw. And move it from the warm house to an unheated area like a garage temporarily to make the transition outside more gentle. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Ohio chapter of the International Society of Arboriculture at treesforohio.org. That's trees, the number four, ohio.org
4: have foot pain? Foot pain is not normal regardless of your age or job. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet and can provide important foot care solutions or shoe inserts to better manage foot pain. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. We've been serving the profession and the public for over 100 years. To find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com.
8: Do you or any of your family members, neighbors, or friends own a property that you just want to be done with it? If so, call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 470 Would it be convenient for you to take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. Call 614 That's 614 470 the Fan, Ohio Sports Destination.
0: Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio
1: News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Dave Biddle with us for the great weekend show that you hear right here on the Ohio News Network on the money and with Bucknuts. He's a Buckeye football beat reporter. The Ohio State Bowl game, the Cotton Bowl coming up. They're going to be taking on Missouri. It's an SEC Big Ten clash. Conferences are changing. What are you most excited about going into next year with a new Big Ten, Dave?
2: Well, I mean, the four new teams joining certainly will be exciting, especially those four teams. You know, you have, you know, just good brands there, especially USC being the big time brand. And then, you know, Oregon and Washington uh, in the playoffs, or Washington's in the playoffs this year. Oregon was on the doorstep. Um, And then UCLA, more of a basketball brand, but still, um, it's going to be interesting. What I'm looking forward to is no more divisions. It's been a joke having the East and the West. And it's kind of crazy. They're now getting rid of divisions when we're going to have 18 teams. And um, I'm also curious. I mean, it just feels like we're headed toward college football breaking away and being its own entity. That's not going to happen anytime soon. It just feels like if I had to guess like 10, 15 years from now, I think the big time college football will break away from the NCAA and be its own entity. Um, But as far as next year, I mean, it's this year feels like the end of an era, you know, with uh, with the four new teams joining the Big Ten, with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC going, you know, tripling the amount of teams that make the playoffs going from 4 to 12. Can you imagine a different sport if they tripled the amount of teams that made the playoffs? No, I know most sports like half the league makes the playoffs. It's not an apples-to-apples analogy. It's just crazy they're going to 12 teams. So, I mean, you know, next year, the Ohio State-Michigan game, if it was like this year, it would just be for seeding purposes. But One thing I do like about the 12-team playoff, Matt, even though I think they went too far, um, I do like that teams 5 through eight, will be hosting playoff games. That's awesome. Imagine Ohio State. This Ohio State would weekend. Be, yeah, Ohio State yeah. would have been hosting yeah. Penn State. How about that? When do you head down to Dallas? The 26th. Okay, and is there a media
1: setup down there in terms of media days? Because some Bulls have them, some Bulls don't.
2: They don't. They have kind of like a pseudo-offensive media day and a pseudo-defensive media day the next day. And I say pseudo because it's not like every player on the team is available. Like last year, you were there, you know, at Peach Bowl Media Day because it was a playoff. Every player on the team was available. Every coach, every support staff member was available. This year, they'll bring out like 15 offensive guys, if that. Then the next day, they'll bring out like 15 defensive guys. So, um, you know, still some good access. We'll be able to see some practices down there. Um, they'll kick us out before anything's good happening, before they actually start playing football, but uh, I can't imagine they're going to do that much scrimmaging down there, if at all, anyway. Now, Ohio State was tackling the day before the national championship game against Oregon in 2014 with uh, early 2015 with Chris Ash, but uh, they don't do that anymore, but uh, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting. Again, I think, I think the Buckeyes are going to win a close game.
1: Last thing, the legacy of Marvin Harrison Jr. You've covered Buckeye football, as you said, for two decades. Beyond that, as a fan, where is he in the pantheon of receivers?
2: Yeah, he's right up there. I mean, I I think he's probably the best, but, you know, it's hard to argue against it. He's the only one of the receivers that have been has been a two-time, unanimous All-American. He's the only second Bolitnikoff winner from Ohio State joining Terry Glenn. I'd probably put him number one, but, like, man, it's, it's hard because Chris Carter, imagine Chris Carter playing in mm. this offense, mm. you know? <laughs> So, I mean, can, can we for sure say Marvin Harrison Jr. is better than Chris Carter and, and Terry Glenn and some of these guys? I don't know, but he's, he's not number one. He's really, really, really close. And he's a heck of a young man, as you know, Matt. He is. And his legacy, he
1: wants his legacy to be 20 years from now when he follows his dad into the pro football hall of fame.
2: And I think he will. You know, it's this, it, it, the drive for him would be so easy being Marvin Harrison Jr. to kind of be a prima donna and not be a hard worker. He couldn't be more grounded, and he couldn't be more of a hard worker. Every time we're over interviews, he's getting extra work in before practice, after practice. Yeah, we, he probably is the best, but, man, we've seen a lot of great receivers come through here.
1: Dave Biddle, on the money, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Matt. Well, not more of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Bobby Carpenter once sold workout equipment on QVC Canada.
0: There's no joke here. That actually happened. Morning Juice with Bobby and Beamer.
5: weekday starting at 6. The
0: Fan, Ohio sports destination. Bye-bye. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again,
1: here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Now let's check in on Cleveland. Eric Reiser joins us from the Ohio News Network.
6: Talking with Jeff Ellis. He's the host of the Locked On Guardians podcast. Download, subscribe, or listen to the Locked On Guardians podcast wherever it is you do your podcasting. Jeff, let's start with the biggest news of the offseason. The Dodgers signing Shohei Ohtani to a seven-year, $700 million contract. He'll defer 98% of his yearly $70 million until the 2030s. Jeff, what do you make of the signing overall? And was there any other team that could have made a deal like this?
3: That's an interesting signing on so many levels. First off, I know 70 million is, is per year, though we can get into the deferred money of it uh, is a ton. But if you look at him as a pitcher and as a hitter, one could argue he's worth 35 million, maybe more as a hitter or as a pitcher. So when you combine both aspects, nothing like him. There's no two-way player in football. There's no one who does what he does in any other sport. Uh, so that really makes him stand out. Now, he makes so much from endorsements. Uh, I think I saw estimates closer to 50 million per year that, you know, he took a $2 million salary for every single year and the rest of it's deferred. So the other $38 million per year is deferred. So the Dodgers can avoid luxury taxes and avoid some of the bigger penalties so they can keep adding more talent. So he, it, it's a team friendly 70 million. Uh, if that makes sense, it's like the ultimate Bobby Bonilla contract. He's going to make a lot after he is done um, with the Dodgers. On top of just being the player he is, he's also internationally the most marketable player in the sport. I think I saw estimates that he was worth 20 to $30 million a year to the Angels alone. So he's, on top of just his ability, he's going to generate so much income for the Dodgers. Uh, I, I don't see any way they really come to regret it, being a, a major injury. And the funny thing, is he's probably not going to pitch at all next year due to major injury, but he can still go out and be a really effective uh, designated hitter for that team. And like I said, it's just a player we've never really seen or experienced. Uh, It's a lot of fun to watch. I'll be curious to see how all of it affects baseball going forward, if they're going to try to block deferred contracts like this. Uh, Supposedly the Giants offered a very similar deal. So, um, yeah teams like cleveland cincinnati they can't afford no tawny, but there were five to ten teams that probably could have matched this contract
6: pivoting to the guardians jeff the relative unknown with the future of their tv rights is reportedly the reason they're not pursuing big fish this off season is that a fair argument for the team to be making in your opinion
3: we don't really know what's going to happen cleveland is probably not going to be on valleys uh from what we know there are two things though that could make this not as bad for cleveland they're supposed to be due for fifty-five to sixty million. That's a lot. Uh, one can argue TV money is has a bigger impact than gate sales anymore. So for Cleveland, the talk is you know reading around, looking at stuff um, that the San, what San Diego did with the direct sale model. Um, I know a lot of people think that like oh well maybe Cleveland will just lift blackout restrictions. It won't work that way. You'll have to pay probably somewhere around twenty bucks a month to watch the games through the MLB. Uh, network channel it'll be a separate thing you for non uh, you know to, to get that local blackout restricted which for some people I mean they'll gladly do I mean, You want to pay for cable to watch the games and the Bally's app uh, at the best of times was horrible uh, I never, never I don't think I heard one positive thing about it in my entire time uh, covering this team so uh, the estimates on that is that could make around forty million maybe a little less so. The drop off there is is you know fifty five million last year, so that'd be fifteen million. But the the secondary thing, as reported by Ken Rosenthal, is they've changed how luxury tax money worked. They used to get split up amongst all the teams that didn't pay into the luxury tax. Now it's only the teams that um, essentially get those competitive balance picks. It's those teams that are in that lower tier. And last year was the highest ever luxury tax payment uh, I've read, upwards of a hundred million dollars. It's only going to get split amongst like eight to ten teams. Uh, maybe maybe eleven or twelve. I'd have to really sit down and look at the numbers, but that's another ten million. So you're looking at a case where they could be you know high forties, which is still down, but you know being down somewhere in the seven to fifteen range as opposed to being down you know twenty to thirty million is just not as
6: uh, crippling. Jeff, the team has made some acquisitions over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Scott Barlow comes over from the Padres. Ben Lively gets a one year deal after time in Cincinnati and over in Korea. Which of these two righties are expected to crack the starting rotation next year?
3: I don't know if either of them will crack the rotation. Lively is just kind of funny because they tried to draft him. Well, they did draft him out of high school back in 2010. Uh, We're unable to sign him. And he has the fourth highest war of that draft class uh, behind Drew Pomeranz, Tony Walters, and uh, Cody Allen, who they actually didn't sign that year. They would get him in 2011. So not the, the best draft class for Cleveland. Uh, Lively is probably going to be a swing arm. Maybe, like that role that Xavier Curry had a year ago, this might push Curry to the rotation where he spent a good chunk of the year. Barlow, I think, is going to be their eighth inning setup, Matt. They added $6 million in salary. He's kind of, for a team that let Quantrell go, it, it kind of speaks a lot to what they think Barlow can do.
6: Opening day is going to be here before you know it. Smarten up by listening to the Locked On Guardians podcast. Wherever it is you do your fine podcasting, the host of the Locked On Guardians podcast, Jeff Ellis, is my guest. Jeff, thank you so much for your time today, bud.
3: Oh, no, it's always fun. Thank you for having me on again.
6: Thanks, Eric. Up
1: next, we head south here in the Buckeye State. Paul Keels checks in on Cincinnati right here on the Ohio News Network. Sunday, a day of rest,
0: relaxation, and Cleveland Browns football. Catch the Browns and Texans from Houston.
6: Live coverage starts Sunday at 11 with the Kick It One.
0: Your radio home of the Browns, the fan Ohio sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews.
1: Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Now let's go to Paul Keels on the Ohio Sports Magazine, checking in on Cincinnati.
9: Welcome to our Locked on Bengals segment. And this week, rather than bug the guys from the Locked on Bengals website, we'll spend time with Matt Andrews, who you know him from the Ohio State Network, sideline reporter for football, voice of women's basketball, and Ohio State baseball. And this is just to do a little reminiscing and chit chat about the team that, Matt, both you and I have grown up following the Cincinnati Bengals. What was kind of your earliest memory of the Bengals?
1: Um, We'll we'll flip this on you in a few weeks, but thanks, Paul. It uh, it's been a a fun fandom. I'm not sure I'm a Reds type fan with like the Bengals, but I followed Bengals football since the Super Bowl, I guess, in the late '80s against the Niners, and that's my first real recollection. Of being a, a hardcore fan, I was only nine at the time. Not to give my my age away, which I just <laughs> like did. You just but did. Um, it was uh, it was my first memory of a Super Bowl of of NFL Bengals football. I watched it with my dad, who is the reason I'm a Bengals fan, at their friend's house, and I I cried. For days, it seemed. I'm sure it was just a brief moment, but... You mean when they lost the Super Bowl? <laughs> and, how they, and how they did lose it, yes. The icky shuffle was the thing. Boomer was the thing. And the Bengals were the thing. And that was the time, Paul, when the Bengals-Browns rivalry, to me, in my recollection, was as great as I
9: can ever recall it. You know, that was going to be the next direction. It was going to go. The old AFC Central. Well, the Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers, and then the Houston Oilers. Uh, those were games that, and as you were following him, Matt, they had to be of high value each and every Sunday when those teams played because of how much was at stake.
1: And I guess division games are still as important, aren't they? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but they did seem to be different with 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 that rivalry with the Steelers and the Oilers, and obviously the Oilers are no longer. But that was a fun franchise to follow, and and being a part of that division, it just made sense and. Uh, it was fun. I, my first experience, I think, getting down to Riverfront was not far beyond just a couple of years, maybe an exhibition game to watch the Bengals play. But it always amazed me how they were able to turn that field from baseball into football. And, and so like so many that they did in those cookie cutter days. Uh, but being a Bengals fan was something that was a part of my upbringing. Um, and it was, it was a joy to, Follow at the time, I didn't love it so much as I got older when they, when you took over. I did listen, but just being a fan of that team was so frustrating for a while, and now it's, eh, I must say, the last 15, 20 years, it's been great again to be following the Who days.
9: Growing up in the Washington courthouse area, did you have a chance to visit Training Campbell who was at Wilmington College? You know,
1: we did once, and I also had a chance in courthouse once to meet Tim McGee who came to speak to a... I think it was a senior citizens group, and he was there, and I got an autograph from Tim McGee. But yeah, we we got down to camp. I think, well, I went there one time or so, I also went to Tim Crumrise Restaurant. It was a pizza place, I believe, down there. Not Tim Crumrise. Anthony Munoz. I'm sorry, Anthony Munoz. Pizza pizza. Tower. Yes. Right there at Fields or Road. Absolutely. That was a great memory as a kid. But but how great was it having that camp in Wilmington, which is so close to Fayette County, as you know, and and just being able to see some of those guys go through there.
9: Oh, yeah. There's stories about training camp in Wilmington that can't be told in public. But to see, and you mentioned the difficult years that occurred during the Dick LeBeau time, and then when Marvin Lewis took over and really had to get it going from the ground up almost, how was it for you to see all of a sudden this franchise, not only just the Carson Palmer time, but then the reinsertion of Joe Burrow to become an exciting football oh, team? when
1: When Carson went down in that Steelers playoff game, uh, another moment where I think I was just completely torn up as a Bengals fan. Now, watching them lose that Super Bowl a few years ago was was probably a third memory. But that that Palmer team, you just thought it was different. They were going to make a run. Not only were they going to, you felt like, win that playoff game. Dick LeBeau, another tremendous Central Ohioan in that London mm-hmm. area. And, uh, and his time, even playing in the old SCOL, I do believe against some teams that that my dad grew up and helped coach with and but yeah, just a just a great lineage there. Uh Bruce Kosla. I remember when uh Dave Shula was let go. Oh. I'll never forget listening to <laughs> your old home with a big one to that and, and driving around or they did what? So so quickly and and then um the incident with some Mike Brown media personalities down there, it just was a circus at times. And finally it looks like Mr. Brown, a family who I know you know personally, but it looks like things are well-organized now
9: and they've got pretty good leadership at the moment. Remind me when we do the next version of this to tell you the story about Dave Shula's last game. Can't wait. So thanks for the time, Matt. Thank you.
1: Enjoy it. Thanks, Paul. We'll have more of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network.
4: I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile.
3: For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. And now, Public Education Matters with Ohio Education Association President Scott
5: Damaro. No matter where they're from, what they look like, how much money their families make, or who they or their parents love, every student in Ohio deserves a world-class education that prepares them for the future. We must stand together and stand up for an honest education that empowers students to be strong leaders we need for tomorrow.
3: Public Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association.
5: Getting a live Christmas tree to plant after the holidays? Well, here are some tips. In the house, keep it away from heat sources that could wake it up out of dormancy. You don't want that. Dig your hole now before the ground freezes. Or if you plan to wait till spring, you need to protect roots from extreme cold with mulch or straw. And move it from the warm house to an unheated area like a garage temporarily to make the transition outside more gentle. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Ohio chapter of the International Society of Arboriculture at TreesForOhio.org. That's Trees, the number four, Ohio.org
4: foot pain? Foot pain is not normal regardless of your age or job. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet and can provide important foot care solutions or shoe inserts to better manage foot pain. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. We've been serving the profession and the public for over 100 years. To find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com
8: Do you or any of your family members, neighbors, or friends own a property that you just want to be done with it? If so, call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer at 614 470 614 470 Would it be convenient for you to take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. Call 614 that's 614 470 The Fan. The Fan. Ohio Sports Destination.
0: Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again,
1: here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. It's the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, and let's check in with our producer, Colin Behringer. Thanks, Matt. This week on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, it's all about breaking down the possibility of the playoffs with the Browns And the guys discussed the playoff scenarios for the Browns, how they can clinch getting into the playoffs, and how they could even win the division.
10: They all break it down here. I went through some of the playoff scenarios, by the way, Oh, yeah, you gave
7: us a whole paragraph. Yeah, yeah,
10: I was, I was, I was, I don't know if I tweeted it at all, but I put it in our group chat. And uh, let me just start there for a minute, because people were asking, could the Browns clinch this week? Technically, they can't clinch this week. I didn't find a scenario. I was running through the New York Times playoff simulator. I was trying to find a scenario they could clinch this week. Technically, they can't. However, if they win this week, they they have a ninety nine percent chance of making the playoffs. Wow. So while it's not well, they technically there's probably like a you know fifteen games that would have to go against them in the final two weeks or the final three weeks, but they basically clinch, but not for sure. And the path to winning the division is not crazy. Browns have to win out, and they need the Ravens to lose to the Niners this week, which I think most of us would say that's realistic. Mm -hmm. And then they have to lose to either Miami or Pittsburgh. They don't have to lose both. They can lose one of those two. If If the Browns win out and the Ravens lose to San Francisco and either Miami or Pittsburgh, the Browns would win the division. That's crazy. That's And that sounds very doable. It's not insane. Yeah, I mean, what's the hardest part of that? Because the Browns are, uh, I haven't checked the updated spread. We'll look at FanDuel in a minute. As of <laughs> yesterday, I think they were a one-point dog in Houston. If Stroud doesn't play, it'll probably eventually the Browns will be favored. Uh, the Browns will be favored next week at home against the Jets. Depending on how the Bengals play the next two weeks, the Browns could be a slight dog in Cincinnati, but even if they are, it's... Probably one or two points. Maybe pick them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all three of these games are win- very winnable for the Browns. Yeah. Baltimore, I think we all think they're going to lose. I think the toughest thing is Baltimore losing to Miami at home yes. or at Pittsburgh. Now, I I, I don't think Pittsburgh is very good right now, guys. Um, but uh,
7: but Pittsburgh is always tricky with Baltimore. I think it depends. On, that's the last game of the season? Yeah. I, it depends on what they record because, you know, Mike Tomlin never wants to finish under 500, Burr. which he has never done. So if it comes to that game where yeah. <laughs> you sitting at 8-8, they're going to go all I mean, out. Pittsburgh could still be name. alive for the playoffs yeah. for a wild card themselves. If, if, you are, if you are the Ravens, the only thing I could think about if I was a Baltimore Ravens fan was please don't get injured. You play three teams. These team these games all count for these other teams. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not like at the end of the season where people don't have their guys in. These guys are gonna be ready to play. And my thing is, the the Ravens are playing their best football, I think, because they are the most healthy out of a lot of guys. Yeah. Take a look at their defense. I haven't seen very yeah. many guys off their defense. LeBron no, exact, they haven't. They, the, they've lost Mark Andrews. That's yeah, a big that, loss. That's a big one.
10: And they just this week lost Keaton Mitchell. He's done for the season. Lot, that,
7: that hurts a little But bit they haven't. But you're right. By and large, I mean... There's not a lot of fully healthy teams. You know, they likely came out of anywhere. He was unlikely to be likely a good contributor. Hmm. He just pulls up. Um, You know, I would appreciate him on my fantasy team. I mean, we could trade (laughs) that line. We can't trade now. You ain't going to use him. Here's the thing. From the time this, from from now, from the time you got him last week to the end of the year, you're not going to use him. That's why we do an illegal move. I drop him. (laughs) You drop your dude, and then we tell each other we're going to drop and then pick him up at the same time. Does that work? No, because you probably hire on the, on the waiver line. Yeah, you're right, because now on the waiver list, <laughs> that, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. But no, but I, w- I will say this, though. Yeah. I would, I you know, I would not want to get Lamar Jackson hurt, and and I'm going to ask you guys this question, too. Is, yeah. there, is, is there a way that the Browns would be locked into one of the positions? Because a lot of people are wondering, hey, you know, if we get locked into a position— is it can we rest some guys? Would you rest some guys? I, I would. <laughs> I, I would definitely rest if the Browns are locked into a position. Uh
10: yeah, I mean if let's say the Brown I mean if the Browns let's say the Browns win their next two and the Ravens win their next two, they'll busy. probably be locked into the fifth
7: spot, I would think.
10: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, so. even if
7: they wasn't locked in, they should. As long as they locked into the playoffs, right? Right. I think. But if you have a chance to win the division, you're going to play. Yes. Yes. But if you locked into the play, if, like if you can't win the division, and right. you're locked into the playoffs. Right. It but doesn't do matter. Five or six. It, does, th- yeah, 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 it doesn't yeah. matter. So yeah, you're going to rest. Right. But uh,
10: what's interesting, also, I don't want to go through the scenarios of this because we got a lot to get to. The if the Browns win out, even the one seed is not off the table right now. Really? The one seed is not off the table. Because there's it, a lot that has to happen. Like
7: the Dolphins had to lose some games. The Dolphins, I think the Dolphins would only have to lose one. And they play the Bills the last game of the season.
10: Well, and they play the Ravens. And yeah, they do. So,
7: a, But a, we, we need the Ravens to Right, lose. but let's
10: say the Ravens <laughs> lose to the Niners and Steelers and then beat the Dolphins. You could end up with a scenario, and the Chiefs need to lose a game. So there's a lot that has to happen. But the Chiefs, you know, Who knows? Chiefs aren't playing great football. Maybe maybe uh, Cincinnati will win that
7: game. There I you go. It's possible. The Bengals yeah, well, are playing Jamar pretty Chase, well right now. Jamar Chase, is although Jamar
10: Chase thing. is hurt, and the Bengals were outside of Burrow were completely healthy. Yeah, and now they lost Reader and Chase. Yeah. Um, Chase is not done for the year, probably, but yeah. who knows? But anyway, and you know what? You can't write off any team with injuries right now because we've seen so much crazy stuff. The good thing about
7: the Browns, though, is that yeah, they dealt with probably the most injuries. Yeah, but they're used to it now.
6: To catch the full breakdown, just search the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on YouTube, subscribe to their page, and enjoy daily content covering all things Cleveland sports. We'll be back
4: to wrap up this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue on the Ohio News Network. It's
0: Sunday night football on the Fan. Catch the Patriots as they head to Denver to battle the Broncos. Live coverage starts Sunday at 7:30.
7: Sponsored by Roosters, a fun casual joint.
0: Your radio home of the NFL, the Fan, Ohio Sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again,
1: here's Matt Andrews. That'll put a wrap on this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. Our thanks again to my guest Dave Biddle, as well as our Locked On contributions for this week. Now for Paul Keels, Eric Reeser, and Colin Barringer, I'm Matt Andrews. We'll have a best-of episode for you next week. Happy holidays from the Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios.
5: Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WPNSFM.